Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. It is Tuesday, September 26th. Welcome to the fall season of oh. the Mayfair Theater Podcast. It's basically Halloween month, and we don't have a guest today, but there's two bags of popcorn <laughs> in the guest seat, so it's kind of like the popcorn is the guest. And a dog. Yeah, yeah, it's popping off. Oh yeah, there is a dog. The dog's looking right at you right now, too, for she's some reason. She's such a good podcast producer. Yeah, she's good. Like, I mean, it's we're getting better. She barely barked at me. Possibly <laughs> yeah. one bark. I don't know. She barked just hearing the knock on the door. True. But then didn't attack you, but you were eating food. Yeah, I had a burrito. So, so it was then like, she was like, I like burritos. And now she's looking right at me, so I don't know if it gets <laughs> mad better. that she didn't get a burrito. Still, I mean, well, we're and we're also mad that there's. Can you say Og Burger? That's not right. Odd Burger has not yet opened. And you totally pranked me inadvertently on the bus over. I was like, oh, it'd be really funny if I told him that I saw them handing out free samples on my way by. But also, I was like, he was here 20 yeah. minutes ago and <laughs> would have seen that. But anyway, so then I started telling him, I was like, oh yeah, I was going to tell you that Odd Burger was handing out samples, and he was like, Odd Burger's handing out samples. <laughs> And then I pushed him and started running. <laughs> it was great. It was like a description of a joke I didn't do, and it became the real joke. Well, Probably I thought it could be a real done. thing because the seemingly dearly departed Panago Pizza across the street. Which we're also upset about, but that's a whole other thing. It's been six or seven weeks, right? Yeah, and also like now it's spooky. It's, it's almost October 1st, so it's like better that it's empty and spooky. Over yeah. There. Except we want the pizza, so I don't know. But when they came to the neighborhood, they were walking around and putting free pizza samples just no, like, like just right into mailbox they're just tossing pizzas everywhere <laughs> yeah. like that breaking bad scene it was pretty yeah. much like that <laughs> they were giving out coupons all over the damn place and i came to work one day and there was two coupons in our mailbox so that's what i thought they might be doing that was huge and then also for a while we got those five dollar off coupons from yeah. them and we got like more than two. We got a few of those. I'm just sad. Where's our pizza friend now? Well, apparently they gave out too many pizzas. It would <laughs> seem to be on too many coupons. But yeah, no, there was this cool guy across the street. I, we never even asked his name. I don't know. It's, it's not... like being a dog walker. You know, you kind of see the dog and know yeah. the dog, but you might not know the person's name. Yeah, I'm no, and I'm also not, I'm not really a names guy usually. Like I'm not <laughs> that, I, I, I'm all, I suppose he might know my name if it was on the order. That's yep. possible. But yeah, no, so there was a super nice guy, super chill, very laid back in a 420 type of way, but super chill. You know, he, we could tell like, I mean, he, we were regulars and he liked us and whatever. Yep. And he hooked us up a couple of times, you know, there'd be like, oh, someone didn't get these pizzas. You want them for free or cheap as hell. And That's my favorite when you walk into a place and they're like, Somebody forgot to pick up this pizza. Do you want it? Yeah. I'm never turning down a free pizza. Emily left her tea this morning. I got her, I have a sweet travel mug and I got her one from the same brand. This was the first time that she was going to use it. And so she had to go somewhere, I don't know, somewhere in Quebec. And so she's like, oh yeah, I can use my mug and all that. And I heard her leave, you know. And I got downstairs and I was like, it's right by the door, like <laughs> right by the door. I was like, oh man, I messaged her. I was like, you must be pissed. <laughs> she's like, yeah, I was not happy because it means she's, she's in Quebec so yeah. it's already like tension, like it's hard for her and she's not great with the French. The language, not the people, like, but anyway. And then also no tea at all. What are you going to do? She doesn't even have a mug at all. And Horrible. there's no, she didn't go to a store or something. So it's like, there's no, nobody's got tea over there. <laughs> so yeah, bad start for her. As I, I have a tea in my hand. I'm just thinking about how You're great double fish and you got her tea and the other tea. I debated it, but I was also like, first of all, I don't know what it is. Could be any kind of tea. And second of all, I'm like, it's really tall. I don't know. This one's better. This is, I'm, you know, I'm not here to, to advertise for uh, transportable tea, but this is the better one. So we had a neat weekend here at the Mayfair. We had a rental on Saturday afternoon. Mm -hmm. Knew it was from a local production company, but that was it. Okay. 
what it ended up being was a secret screening for a bigger animation company that was making use of the local company to do a project with them. And when we get a key for a project, that's kind of how it works now is like we get a digital download most of the time. Sometimes they still send us an actual physical hard drive of a movie that we plug into the computer. But more and more, it, like everything else in life, is going Mm non-physical. But the key was good from... 11 a.m. till 1 p.m. And what? that's Oh, my it. God. Because then when I saw that, I was like, what? But then it was a short animation. So okay. that made a little bit more sense. But also, it's like, what do you think we're going to do? We're not going to just slap it on in front of other movies and advertise it. You're going to know. So it's like that small window. And then the filmmakers were here, the directors, and they kind of started late. People were coming oh in. Oh, my God. And then they start doing a speech. And you're like, come on. You're like the yeah. guy trying to signal the ship. <laughs> come it, on. It come was, on. It was like 10 past 12. And I texted our projectionist slash techie guy, Marcus, laughing, going, this is going to be hilarious if they start at 101. And then they got to be like, oh, we can't show it now. It's locked out. Is there a backup plan for that? Like, can they call their people and be like, quick. I think so. Yeah. Super key. But just so funny. Like. So that's how it works now. Like we get this thing, a key usually unlocks it for a week or something okay. like that. But it was so nice because <sighs> it was a local production company. And I'm skirting around saying what it was exactly, just in case there's some kind of NDA thing. And I would like these people to come back again. But it was a big animation house making use of a local smaller animation house to do the project. Mm-hmm. But it was so fun because it was them getting to see it on the big screen, which they're not going to get a chance to because it's going to go straight to like a streaming service. And families were here, kids were here. And then the directors, one of them is a local guy who went to animation school at Algonquin. So he was so nice and thrilled to see his project at the Mayfair. Whenever something like that happens, it just really blows your ego a little bit because they're like, oh, good for you for keeping this place going. (sighs) And you see they're so thrilled to see their project on the big screen at the Mayfair. And it's a local guy. So it was really fun. It was kind of this like unofficial animation fest event, almost like a animation fest speakeasy because it wasn't mm. advertised or anything. It was just for the crew. Wow. But I love stuff like that. That's super fun. Did you also watch it? Oh, yeah. Okay, nice. It was cool. I can tell you what it was afterwards. Like Sweet. I said, just in case, I don't want to get them in trouble if they sign some kind of NDA. But yeah. I mean, I would hope you would tell me. Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> no, not telling anybody. Outrageous. It was just one thing, though? It wasn't it was like a couple thing, of... one thing and then two behind-the-scenes things. Ooh. It was very high maintenance, but not in a rude way. (laughs) They were very nice, but it was the directors and they were showing it to their team. So they just want to make sure it sounded right and the aspect ratio was correct and all that (laughs) kind of stuff. We've done that stuff before with some local animation houses and it is just great because it'll be like them watching two or three episodes of a show they worked on on the big screen. So... And Josh. And me. So if you work for a local animation house, come do that. It's yeah. super fun. No, that sounds amazing. Like, I had no idea about any of this. But... I didn't know. I walked in and being like, I don't know what this is. And you were working it? I was working it assuming it was a feature film. Okay. So when I saw that the key was good for two hours, I was like, oh my God, what? That's a little tight. Does it say on the key what it was? No, it didn't actually. It had a code Damn. word. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. Because like a blue harvest, like exactly, your, like your shirt, like my t-shirt, to have on right my now. blue harvest t-shirt. <laughs> because in our little notes, we have notes that make our weekly schedule around for the staff. Lee said, "Local animation house, there will be a DCP download for a movie. The code was 1923. So then I go." <laughs> And I'm looking online for something called 1923, and there's nothing. Wait, wasn't that that movie? Or was that, wait, that was like... 1919? Oh, maybe it was. Yeah, I don't know. There was close. that one. That, it was a year in the 1900s. But yeah, yeah, yeah. which one? 1927? I don't know. 1984? Yeah, these are all great. So that was fun. And then 
the animation fest was nice enough to give me a pass and never get to use it as much as I would like. Yeah. But I went to see a bunch of anime from a filmmaker named Mizaki Yuaso. Oh, you nailed it. And you invited me like yes. late in the game, you know, I'm going to say. Like, I was already yeah. busy. It was like a 6 p.m. for an 8 o'clock show or, nine yeah. or something like that. And I was but like, then I saw your sister and your niece. Yeah. which so I, they were cool enough I to go. I had no idea they were getting involved in that. I mean, it makes sense, but they yeah. didn't talk to me. I told them about the free Asteroid City screening. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I was going to tell him about the Blade Runner, but I was like, that's late for both of them. But anyway, so I told him that, but I was like, I don't know. I'm not animation festival, you know, guy. Yeah. I almost worked for them one time, but that's the closest I got. So his work was really great. I admit I wasn't really familiar with him, but I just really like anime. But it was very different. Most of it wasn't that kind of traditional Studio Ghibli stuff we're mm -hmm. used to. Had a bit more weirdness to it. One was called Mind Game, which was super weirdo R-rated movie. <laughs> Was that the late night one? That or? was the late night yeah, one. Yeah, because you were like, you want to come see a weird yeah, movie? Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> then another one, which the name escapes me because it's a Japanese name, but it was about a mermaid and a kid living on an island and the mermaid was a mythological thing and he finds out about it. That was the most Studio Ghibli kind of kid-friendly thing. Okay. And then also went with a friend to see The Best of the Fest. And the funny thing is, Best of the Fest is hit and miss. You don't know what kind of genre you're getting because it's just like the best. Yeah. And <laughs> well, they'd say it is anyway. It right you, you don't know. But the, I don't know who exactly it was, but one of the organizers said, kind of hinted or joked that this year was a little dark. And that's just. It was the same stuff you had just watched, like the weirdo movie. <laughs> no, it was weirder. But it was on the off chance somebody is listening who worked on them. Genuinely, I'm not just saying this. They were all very impressive. But to watch them all in a row, at the end, you're just like, oh, I'm questioning my existence now. Damn. Like, it was just kind of that, I joked with my friend that, remember on The Simpsons? I can't remember the context of it, but they showed a Verker and Mouse. <laughs> yeah. It was a lot of that. Okay. <laughs> and a lot of black and white and people living on, like, snowy, cold communities and struggling to survive. So and a little bit of Mad God mixed in there, it sounds A lot like. of that kind of thing, yeah. yeah. And then the lightest thing they screened was a new Looney Tunes Daffy Duck episode. Okay. But it was stop motion animation. Ooh. And it was called something like Daffy in Weirdland or something. Gets like murdered on every panel. It was really cool, but it was out there. And good on Warner Brothers for being like, yeah, we'll do this. I love when they do that. And then one called, it was called something like Herzog Talks About a Chicken. Okay. And it, it was Werner, for some reason, talking about a chicken and just a sketchy drawing of a chicken kind of blinking and making chicken noises. And it was the best. It was a crowd favorite. Huh. And it was just 90 seconds of Werner talking about chickens. So they just animated a story of him talking, I guess. Essentially, yeah. Sort of. <laughs> so that was a fun, minimalist thing. So it was great. It was fun. We would love to have the Animation Fest hear more. And I understand their reasoning. They actually advertised with us, so we got some money out of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just business. Either. It's not just business. We do love you. <laughs> we would love to do it. And I understand they're right downtown. Right. And they have a lot of out-of-town students and guests. And they're probably all staying at the Westin or Chateau Laurier kind yeah. of thing. So it's our friends at the Bytown, the NAC Arts Court, and the National Art Gallery. So it makes sense to kind of keep it all within walking distance. Mm -hmm. But Gwen and I went to Fantasia Fest years back, and we had to get on the subway at one point to go to their B Cinema. Yeah. And it was far away. You looked at it on a map, and you're like, oh, we're really far away from their home base. And we're not that far away. And I'm like, you guys can get a shuttle bus or some deal with OC Transpo or something. And especially when they're showing anime or... A few years back, they did a Ralph Bashke Fest, or they did real mainstream stuff like Powerpuff Girls or Hotel Transylvania. And that would fit so much better, I think, in a Mayfair-type setting. Yeah. 
anyhow, maybe one day, but it's fun. It's great to have these. I think it's the biggest animation fest in North America. And it's great to have that here in our backyard. Yeah, I just want someone to call it woof. Yeah, you like, can't pronounce it. Yeah, every time I'm Ottawa like, oh. International Animation <laughs> Film Festival. Oif? Yeah, I didn't. I was like, I didn't know that Oif was back <laughs> this year. Like, it's really, it's fun to say, even though it's terrible. Yeah, it doesn't roll off the tongue like Tiff. No, or like that Biff, the other one, Biff. Berlin, I think it was. Or Berlin Sif. International Film Festival. Like, these are all, I don't know why people aren't wording these better for the comical, like, yeah. short version of it. Yeah, call it the Ottawa, no, wait, Cartoon Ottawa animation fest cough i thought you're gonna go with cough Cough? yeah this is all turn your head and cough (laughs) you're like ah it's funny it's not funny but come here though bring your animation and your festival one time i went for the pb's playhouse oh cool presentation of i think it's when the dvds were coming out yeah and so uh yeah like that was just i think it was just a bunch of I mean, King of Cartoons, obviously, but I think there was a couple of other... Penny? You know, yeah, definitely. My God, yeah. I actually forgot about that till this second, but super fun. And, but Although that was also at Bytown, but like, God, 20 years ago, probably. Yeah, it's been their thing for the last while. One day we'll get them. Yeah, but uh, we got other stuff, so, uh, Halloween yeah, month and all of that. We should jump into it because due to... Let me count this off. One, two, three, four, five, six. Is that right? One night only things. We have 10 movies to talk about this week. Six? Damn. Six one-night-only things, yeah. Although they're probably, some of them are on the same night, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) All right, let's get it. Let's jump into this. So our new film this week is called Scrapper. Living alone since her beloved mom died, a 12-year-old fills the flat she shared with her with her own special magic. But when her absent father shows up, she's forced to confront reality. Oh, damn. And there's some kind of football, soccer football theme to it. Oh, my God. Because the poster is them on a field. It sounds like the father is a bad guy. It's like a bad guy father who's trying to be a good guy now. And and a kid who knows he's a jerk. And I bet they maybe reconcile throughout the film through their love of football. So is it like real magic that she has or is it one of those like a kid world magic, not actual sorcery type thing? Yeah, I think it's Alice in Wonderland style of her imagining a better life. And then her deadbeat dad shows up and he's trying to be a better person and she doesn't like him. And then they learn a valuable life lesson (laughs) over their love of football. And win the Sundance jury prize or whatever. No, audience prize. Win all the Sundance (laughs) awards. They keep wording it weird. So I don't know what things are anymore. Yeah, grand jury prize. Yeah, okay. Not just a normal jury. That's the grand jury. Yeah, yeah. No, all right. So this is Scrapper. Scrapper. Was, okay, I was gonna say Basher. That's not a movie. <laughs> okay, moving on. Moving on. Our other new film this week is at long last. We have Oppenheimer on screen. Oh. Not Barbenheimer yet, but no, no. soon. We can't possibly play those at the same time or in the same week, probably even. Then it's like we, we can play one movie a night at that point. It seems like. And it's the thing with three-hour movies. You look at our schedule coming up, and there's a couple times where Oppenheimer's on at 6, which would usually be 6.30. Mm-hmm. And 6, 6 o'clock, we seem to get away with... Our programmer, Lee, is always a little bit hesitant just because for, say, like the nine to fivers, yeah. that's kind of a shorter window to go home and do whatever and then get to the cinema. And it means that movies, pretend Oppenheimer was two hours playing 6.30 to 8.30, we could have a nine o'clock film, a reasonable time. But there's, I think, at least once or twice where it's a 9.45 movie, mm-hmm. which isn't too bad. But, you know, we like to kind of have things as early as possible. But yeah, nonetheless, it's interesting that this movie is still, I think, in the top five maybe six movies in the box office it's insane and that we're getting it within when did it come out july oh so, god <laughs> so within two or three months yeah <laughs> whereas in my high school youth of coming to the mayfair 
a movie like this would not hit the Mayfair for six, eight months. So we do get them faster. What I appreciate is our patrons always ask, they're like, are you getting this? And we're like, yeah, we just don't know when. So I think we'll still get a good crowd for it, even though a billion dollars worth of people have seen this movie already. We do have people who wait to see these kind of mainstream movies here at the Mayfair. Yeah, I mean, I have seen it, but that's just because my dad, well, not didn't make me go. But yeah, it was in the first week. I think it was the second week that it was playing. And I was like, well, I wouldn't have gone that quick and probably not to not Mayfair. Yeah. But hey, you know, no, but it was. it's obviously it's amazing. I mean, you don't need to hear me telling you that <laughs> yeah. Oppenheimer was a good movie. But like, I was surprised. It's great too because of like, I mean, it's long, obviously, but it doesn't feel over long. And it's kind of... Well, I was going to say almost two movies, but I mean, there's a lot going on in it. But the second half kind of morphs into something different than what you thought. No spoilers, obviously, but just the acting is incredible. And yeah, Robert Downey Jr. is amazing. I mean, I could just tell you everyone in the movie is amazing. It's good, but like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's interesting, especially with him. He's still got the post-Marvel dust on him, so it's kind of weird to see him in stuff, like, in a good way. Yeah, because it is. It's strange. He played more or less the same character for a long time in <laughs> yeah. a lot of movies. Yeah, definitely. And he did a couple of other things in there, but for the most part, he was Iron Man. Mm -hmm. And I've heard in this that he's acting, you yeah. know, because Robert Downey is very much, I love him, but he's very much your Jeff Goldblum type actor. Him getting cast in Iron Man was typecasting. We want a lovable, charming, annoying guy who has had a troubled past and you're like, yeah, it's him. Yeah, although still a risk on Disney's part. Oh, I mean, for sure. Wild that that worked out. And for the longest time, it was supposed to be Tom Cruise. Oppenheimer, I imagine, might have been a risk to put Killian Murphy in there. Yeah, and that's really only because they're like lifelong friends. And, yeah. you know, he's tried out for other, like he tried for Batman to be Batman. Okay, yeah. And, and it was, he and uh, Nolan both knew that he wouldn't get it. It was just kind of more, I think he wanted him to be in the movie, but he knew that the money men wouldn't, you know. Right be like who the hell is this who's silly and murphy you know? <laughs> yeah yeah so he kind of wanted him to be scarecrow but he knew they wouldn't just get him so they're like okay we'll bring him in as batman and then they're like okay well no we, he, he's not batman you're like okay well what about scarecrow i'm like oh okay all right sure so it's like kind of one of those like a card game almost because this i almost imagine they were like are you sure you don't want robert downey jr to be in the lead or we can get brad pitt or something because killian murphy's been in a lot of cool stuff but he is not a box office draw per se no and well and i've never seen peaky blinders but a lot of people talk about that show oh, that's true i think sam neil's in that as well like we just shout out sam neil but it's funny how long he's been around killian murphy has been in things like oh yeah because I, I remember yeah like when i was a kid well yeah i mean a kid whatever <laughs> whatever a kid is i remember like hearing that name and everything and and now kind of a cool thing that he just well to me is cool there's this band called the coral that i really like they've been around since the late 90s Really cool band, but they just put out two albums a couple weeks ago, and one of them, they got Kelly Murphy to do like a voiceover for it. Oh, that's cool. And it was basically just, the band is obviously a big fan of his, and I think it was like a friend of a friend was like, oh, I know him. You know, like I think the engineer or something like that working on their album was like, oh, I know him. I can ask if he wants to do it. And he's like, oh yeah, I'm a big fan of the choral. I'll do that for sure. Was it just like a gorillas kind of thing? Like a narration through yeah, a yeah, song? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So he was just, they said like he, they worked with, they were like, oh, here's the thing. And he really thought about it and put time into it, making it a character. And like, exactly what you would expect he Killian wasn't Murphy. crusty the clown in it <laughs> no exactly like and it just it's wild because hearing it you know it's him but also you wouldn't expect something like that on this band most people here especially have never heard of great band though that'll probably bring a lot of ears to them i think so too and, and they released it as not a single so much because it's not a radio song by any means it's just like him talking but it's cool and, and yeah i thought it was especially wild that album came out as oppenheimer was number one at the box office and it was yeah. just like what wild timing and fun for the band 
I'm curious where it's going to land with the Oscars because it seems to be like the movie that will be nominated for 15 Oscars or whatever. Easily. But with Barbie there too, and a lot of people critically acclaiming it, I don't think Barbie will win Best Picture in this 10 nominee world we're in, which I like. If Top Gun Maverick can get a nomination, I think Barbie can get a it, nomination. 100% is going to get a nomination. For and best. then maybe for Best Actress, Actor, Screenplay, Director, all that kind of stuff. And then it'll win something. But then I think Oppenheimer might be the monster that just gets like eight or ten awards or something like that. Would it be an adapted screenplay because it's a pre-character? I bet you it would. Adapted screenplay is so weird because you have stuff like Logan was an original story, Mm -hmm. but with characters from the comic book. But there is no comic book with that story in it precisely. There's Old Man Logan, but but it's different. It's not quite the same thing. But nonetheless, it was an adapted screenplay. Or there's weird stuff like if it's a sequel of something or... A remake adapted is just original screenplay is original. If it's anything like based off a newspaper article, based off of a documentary, it's really weird. So yeah, Barbie, I think, would be adapted screenplay. And that might help it because then you can split the vote, right? Yeah, and it always it's such a crapshoot for most categories, but for specifically stuff like that where you're just like whoever's nominated you're just like oh god please don't let something really good adapted from a really good book come like uh, the new scorsese you know like that's yeah so i gotta think barbie's kind of like oh wait you saw oppenheimer you remember does it say like based on the biography by i believe it does actually okay so then there there you go it'll be in the same category yeah so that's not great for barbie so scorsese barbie oppenheimer (laughs) and that's just the ones we thought of in two seconds yeah god that'll be a tight race yeah but yeah i don't really I always say this. I don't really care about the Oscars, but it's an interesting thing to contemplate. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if my favorite movie wins zero Oscars, I don't care. But it's kind of good for business. It helped movies like Parasite for sure. I think it helped movies like Everything Everywhere. People out there who don't come to Mayfair type places were like, oh, it won. I'll go see it now. Yeah, and I think Barbie's probably a shoe in for best original song, at least. They're not going to give it nothing. Yeah, it'll win something. But yeah, so then we might have Barbie as soon as next week. Our problem is... I'm sure if it's offered to us, we'll take it. But yeah. our October is so packed. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we'll have Oppenheimer and Barbie on screen the same day. <laughs> It'd be fun, but it's also, that's like a five hour plus endeavor for you. Yeah, that would have to be like a Saturday or a Sunday, I would think. Yeah, it would be like Oppenheimer at a matinee and then mm-hmm. Barbie at six o'clock or Which something. Which is like actually like a noon Sunday, not Bobbenheimer. Jesus, I was going <laughs> to say Opp- Oppenheimer. There's too many words and mishmashes, but... Oppenheimer is 100% a Sunday matinee Mayfair movie. Not that it's programmed that way, but it is. (laughs) Yeah. So then I'll just quickly mention one of our one night only things that I think Lee booked just to see how it would work. This is usually the kind of thing you see at the multiplex, but it's a one night only Carlos Santana concert documentary kind of thing. Random. And we're only showing it one night. And I think it's because the powers that be are like, nope, this is only a one night only thing. Okay. So we have that coming up on Friday, September 29th. That's our version of the Taylor Swift thing. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. And then we have on Saturday, September 30th, our friends Half Hour of Horror are on screen. So that's two short films, one called The Trunk and one called Greed and Gore. And we had Greed and Gore director Adam Kirke on recently because we wanted to get him on a little bit earlier just to get the press out there on it but it is two short films pay what you can admission five dollars suggested but you know give him some money yeah come on super fun it's a kind of a multitasking as a cast and crew screening they'll be doing a q a and all that kind of stuff and it's two locally produced 
short horror films that in seeing the trailer not just saying this they look very professional they look very well done no it did look yeah it really does hard to say it without sounding like a jerk or faint praise but you're like wow that actually looked good (laughs) your short film made for no money actually looks like a real movie yeah and i imagine it's easier when it's 15 minutes ish you know but still then if that doesn't officially god does that officially kick off our halloween month i guess it does kind of so then kicking off Halloween month, a little bit early, it's September 30th, but close enough, Hmm. is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh man, holy. This is so many people's scariest movie of all time, top of the list. What a breakthrough movie that is just, for being an independent film and being a movie that just caught pop culture in the media and made people angry and, and supposedly made way more money than we think it did because they weren't tracking things well at the time at drive-ins and grindhouses and stuff. Yeah. So whatever they say it made, if they say it made $400 million, it probably made $600 million. Absolutely. Well, yeah. And I mean, just, it was like a midnight movie staple forever, decades, you know. And I was guilty of seeing it for the first time on VHS. I remember watching a VHS and just being enthralled and <laughs> terrified was it the big box clamshell case because god it might have been that's the one that i saw i have a very clear memory of a clamshell big box for the first time although we watched it broad daylight at my friend's house (laughs) and we were just making fun of it and stuff like that because i mean it's easier to make fun of it than to be scared you know and yeah and then when i saw it in the dark years later i was like oh yeah this isn't really very funny at all (laughs) and it's one of those movies that does have that false memory effect of you remember it as just a splatterpunk gore fest for sure and it's not no there's a lot of scariness and a lot of you'll see somebody being hanged on a hook but you don't see really the gore and stuff no and it really is a lot of just that tense edge of your seat i hope our hero gets out of this the sound effects do all the well not all but a lot of the heavy lifting of that movie like just the noise that one noise you know the one i'm not gonna try to do it (laughs) i kind of want to do it no that was bad oh i love that noise (laughs) but it's that is horrific that sound whatever the hell that is is just terrifying it's a distorted camera click isn't it I mean, I believe you. I think that's what it is. You're the kind of guy who would know that. So, And I love the weird John... Oh, God, I was going to say John Ratzenberger, but oh, that's he's Cliffy. Great. <laughs> but no, it's it's the sitcom star who was on... Oh, uh, yeah, 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 John Larroquette. John Larroquette. If Ratzenberger doing that <laughs> intro, uh, that would hit different, I think. <laughs> I want... Someone has to do that now. That would be amazing. But I like... He has this association with it mm-hmm. where he got the gig just as an actor... 40 years ago. Like he was like a friend or something? Or? No, I think he just got the gig. Like Just, just like, a guy. <laughs> yeah, they auditioned. They needed a voice actor. He took it. And then it's on his IMDb top four, and he still gets residual checks for it. Really? And he claims to have never have seen it. And he has done it a couple more times for like mm-hmm. sequel or reboot kind of stuff. Yeah. And he claims that he's not a horror fan, so he's never seen it, <laughs> which is... I believe it, but yeah. it's funny that like his IMDb top four will be like, you know, Night Court, uh, the John Larroquette <laughs> show, some other sitcom, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That is hilarious. I mean, it's so iconic. I watched it a couple of weeks ago because it was Texas Chainsaw Day, August 13th. Or okay. Can yeah. I remember the date? Yeah, every year I forget and then remember. And then I'm like, oh, I got to watch it. And I actually watched it on the day, which again, possibly August 13th. Yeah. 
just oh my god what a beautiful movie and it's it's also one of those movies where like there's a real debate about the remastered versus not remastered for that movie because a lot of people kind of what you said is like they sort of remember it as this grimy dirty thing yeah, and yeah. it was VHS and kind of looked like crap in a good way and now I remember when when the Blu-ray was coming out and the 4K and all and probably the 8K you know people are like oh it can't look better or oh you know you don't want to make a movie like a grimy movie look good yeah. but it's a beautiful movie as yeah, well yeah. And, and we've talked about that before some of the shots like i mean the shot where the van is stopping in the distance to let the guy on and it's just this horizon shot is one of the best shots i've ever seen in a horror movie yeah no hyperbole the, even the opening shot with you know the corpses on the on the tombstone and stuff it's just like it looks way better than it has any right to look you yeah know? considering how it was shot how much money it was shot for how much experience these guys had it's just what an achievement easily easily a top 10 horror movie oh yeah and then come see that on Saturday night and then stick around for Saturday night cinema right afterwards. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. Is it right after Texas Chainsaw? Yep. And Whoa. this week, it's a true midnight movie. It's on midnight, September 30th. That's Oppenheimer's fault because Lord. Oppenheimer's on earlier in the day. And... Which is also a horror movie in a way. You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> but not quite. And then we'll have another Saturday Night Cinema next week. There's, I was back. thinking that back-to-back cinemas. And the reason for that is because a few years back, we just wouldn't have cinema in October. Which is insane to me. Because October was so packed with other things. Yeah. And usually it's at the end of the month before we started doing it twice a month. So Lee just didn't do it. And then I was like, let's just do it earlier. So yeah. this month, to get in a Halloween edition, there'll be one the last week of September, the first week of October... And then a little bit of a break, and it'll be back in November. But it's because in October we have Rocky Horror one weekend and a band with Nosferatu the other weekend. So it just kind of eats up those weekends of late night stuff. Yeah, but it's such like a easy thing to do. Like I kind of wasn't expecting it, but then I was like, I mean, it makes sense. Like it's it's so simple, and it's probably going to be a horror movie, I would think. Probably. But, <laughs> but it'd be funnier to me if it's not a horror movie. I don't know, but not funny enough to not do it. Come on. So then a couple more of those one night only type screenings, one afternoon only for one of these, is we have the Greek International Film Fest coming in and presenting a couple of highbrow international films. Is it GIF or JIF? That's the real question. I'm I'm being a jerk. It's uh, No, now you got my brain. (laughs) (laughs) So one is a biopic, the story of songwriter Afitha. Oh, my God. Don't do this. (laughs) Dramatic pause. Papagini... A powlow. Okay. I, I, I actually have heard of that person. I, I might thought. have missed a couple syllables there, and I apologize. I looked to my left at the screen, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> the fear in your eyes is palpable. <laughs> so she escaped the burning of Simra in Asia Minor and journeyed to Athens, Greece, where she became a major figure in Greek popular music and a beloved lyricist of the country. So it's a biopic about her. The other film is called Searching for Rodakis. A Greek tombstone of unknown origin is discovered underneath the floorboards of an old village house in Turkey. An almost forgotten story from the country's creation unravels. It's another based on a true story about Greek history. Wow. So it's presented by the Parnassus Cultural Society of Ottawa. And it's cool that we're doing this. They're doing screenings elsewhere, but they're doing a couple screenings here. Always nice to get some film fest in as such because both it's cool to be a film festival for a day and it always gets new eyes in the cinema who haven't been here before which is nice yeah and they're always i mean we've done that before right with the, oh the yeah Greece, yeah it's like they're always nice and if, like it's i mean i could say that but like really every festival has been nice you know i was gonna say italian I, I don't think it was an italian it was uh irish the irish oh festival. the irish ones yeah. yeah yeah they were super nice and i mean that's it's just always like 
everyone's just like happy to be here it's like it's such a cool vibe and the irish fest had the ambassador gentleman who was handsome and striking and had the best accent in the world and gwen fell in love with him that i'm sure most of the audience did yeah that's why i didn't bring emily i'm like i can't i can't deal with this it's it's enough it's it's hard as it is you know she doesn't like my fake accents so it's just falling apart over here so then we continue our william friedkin tribute with killer joe which kind of also serves as a Halloween month movie because it's kind of a blood and guts thriller. It stars Matthew McConaughey. This was one of those McConaissance kind of movies. Four to four stars from Combustible Celluloid and Deep Focused Review. It's a down south crime kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Double crossing, backstabbing, heist type of thing. I thought I saw this movie. I totally didn't see this movie. No, I never did either. I saw so many McConaissance movies that... In my brain, it was like, I saw this. Then I watched the trailer and I'm like, I haven't seen this movie. It got very good reviews at the time. Super good reviews. They were like, it's always a mean thing to say, but <laughs> critics were like, William Friedkin's best movie in decades. And yeah. I'm like, well, that's kind of a backhanded compliment. He did Bug, didn't he? Like, Yeah, good. he did all kinds of good stuff. I mean, stuff. it was creepy and unsettling, but you know, I mean, a lot of his stuff is. <laughs> yeah. And then finally this week, knock on wood, on Thursday, October 5th, we are hosting Goblin doing a live <laughs> concert to Suspiria. Sure, Josh. I'm not going to believe this is happening until Goblin is in the building. Yeah, just the well, none of it was hilarious no. in, in a, to a degree, but the back and forth and confusion and it was like the people with the band didn't quite know and then the you didn't know and then the fans don't know and like Well, and for those who don't know, it was 11 months ago they were going to be here. Crazy. So we have a church in on Sundays and the church was in Sunday morning. I was in with them. And then the band was going to load in at one o'clock or whatever. And then the show was going to be that night. And Lee texts me. And I thought it was a joke, like you trying to <laughs> trick me that they were giving away free hamburgers. And he said, Goblin canceled. And I laughed or whatever. And he goes, no, no, they're canceling. And I was like, but it's 9 a.m. on Sunday and they're supposed to load in at 1 p.m. And he's like, yep, yeah, I don't know why, but something happened. We still don't know why. Maybe we can ask them when they visit. Well, I think it was a COVID scare. I think so, it like, was like one, the, one, one of the of guys the, or possibly two of the guys had uh, the COVID may or may not have. It was only the Canadian dates that were canceled. And then they did the next week shows in the States. Not that I'm implying anything, but just it kind of sucked for the Canadian fans, especially because they, they got just stopped like, at the border. Aw. Yeah. But it was funny because I kind of knew more than you did just by following social media. Yeah. <laughs> like you were like, I don't know what's going on. I'm like, let me see what they're saying over here. It was a mess. And just I was at work i was here with the church and usually when i'm here with the church they really are great they take care of themselves and i just multitask i catch up on doing some other things god keeps an eye on them i think yeah they're fine and it was just having to go on social media and be like it's canceled we don't handle the tickets it's a rental people were not we we don't know what's going on (laughs) and then despite putting that people would phone the phone was ringing off the hook of course and you answer it and you're just like as it said online Go to who you bought the tickets yeah, yeah, from. Yeah, we did not sell you tickets. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> we are the venue. So it worked out eventually. But I remember that week, managers just being like, oh, my God. And I was like, just do what you can. But we put it on the x machine. Like, we don't know what's happening because people were, is it going to be next week? Is it going to be two months? And you had said, as someone who's a bit more of a 
music aficionado yeah. said you had gone to a couple concerts that had been canceled and it wasn't a week later it was like six months later a generally year later. yeah yeah at least and with covid like you honestly just don't know yeah but that whole thing was confusing like everyone was kind of mad and kind of blaming us to a degree <laughs> yeah and it was just like nobody's involved like we all want this to happen it's just yeah. like i don't know there was a lot of confusion and we were also confused too because they were sort of implying that there was a signed seating like you pick your own seats but then we were kind of like we don't know about that and then people would ask us and we're like literally have no, we're just it's a rental basically and they forgot to update the template for their yeah. advanced ticket site so <laughs> you would pick a ticket yeah and then in bold letters it said general admission yes and so i emailed them and i was like passive aggressive canadian and i was like your website is pick a seat but it also in bold letters says general admission so maybe you want to take the general admission part off the website and also for us specifically like we never do assigned seating here. never yeah so it's because it's just not i cannot imagine the headache although as you said you're like not really my problem kind no. of thing. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting this upcoming thursday i'm sure it'll go fine but I bet you there's going to be some poor souls in line who didn't refund their ticket or thought they'd just show up with their old ticket or Oof. getting here at seven in the morning because they think it's general admission and they want a couch. There's going to be a lot of that, yeah. you know? Or they're like, I have seat 101. And you're like, what is seat 101? I don't know what that I don't means. Even know. Like, there's no number on this. The good news is I think it's going to be us selling popcorn and turning on the lights yeah. because I'm meeting with one of their techies on Friday. So I think that's going to get all worked out. And they're going to have somebody to zap their advanced tickets and that kind of stuff. So they're bringing help. I don't know if they're going to have a little merch table. Yeah, I mean, I know they did the last time. Like, So I, that'll be shoved somewhere, you know? Yeah, and it'll be interesting because, like, yeah, I, I was... Well, Lee was there too, but, like, we went to the show when they played at Mavericks, I guess it oh, was. Oh, yeah. Which, that was when the Suspiria remake came out. So, like, okay, at, at yeah. least, God, six years? I don't yeah, even know. Yeah, And that was... I mean, I had a great time. Not everyone had the best time, but they <laughs> had like a pretty nice merch table set up. I mean, there's a little more space to do that there. I imagine they'd have something near the stage here. Yeah. If they have a shirt with the tour dates on it, I'm going to be a sucker <laughs> oh, God. and buy one just because I want something with the Mayfair written on it. There. But is it from last year? Oh, that'd be, that'd be like a <laughs> multiverse collector's item. Yeah, because like technically right now they're touring demons. They're not touring Suspiria. Yeah. We are the only date getting Suspiria. And then some people were mad about that. And I'm like, well... I don't know. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> they called you out, too. They were like, um, actually, you said that they are playing Suspiria, but it says quite clearly that it yeah. is demons. But they are. I'm sorry. I don't know. Leave yeah. me alone. It's always like a comic book guy type guy, you know, like yeah. a Simpsons knockoff. Yeah. But, but it, 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 it's it'll be, be great. Good. I'm really looking forward to it. Like, it's a historical thing to have Goblin in the Mayfair yeah. instead of being at a concert venue. To be at a venue where it's not some bedsheet on the wall. It's yeah. a movie screen. And a lot of people pre-complained the last time when it was not at a Mayfair type setting. Yeah. And yeah, they were yeah. just sort of like, oh, it's at a bar that has a screen set up and whatever, you know, and it's for me, I'm just like, it may be the only chance you get to see Goblin and I didn't really care. But like yeah. now it is nice to see them because let's be honest, like if you get the choice, this is the type of setting it would be oh, best sure. to see. It's a movie. It's a band. Come on. And I'm going to say this because I'm going to do it. Bring earplugs. Yeah. Oh, God. It's going to be yeah. loud. <laughs> I did. I had one pair when we went to uh, Montreal and my wife forgot her pair. Oh, no. So I selflessly gave her my only pair while I was listening to 20,000 people chant along. Just, oh, so loud. It was only really bad pre, like, not intermission. Right. You know, at the end, you know, when they come up for the encore. Yeah. People were losing it. And I was like, okay, I need fingers and ears now. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. So that is our epic week coming up for the week of Friday, September 29th. Come see all of those things we just talked about. Yeah, every single thing. 
thanks for listening. We're going to wrap things up. You can go to mayfairtheater.ca to see other coming soon events that we know that we have. A lot of Halloween stuff coming up. We'll be back next week to talk about more Halloween month shenanigans at the Mayfair Theater. Hooray. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Oh, as a Michel Gondry completist, I finally got around to watching The Green Hornet. Not great. No. (laughs) Good effort, everybody. He had fun. He got paid. That's what matters. This is the movie that Rex Reed called the most horrifying motion picture I have ever seen. This film is positively ruthless in its attempt to drive you right out of your mind. It accomplishes everything it sets out to do with brilliance and unparalleled terror. Franklin! This is the horror movie to end them all. Sally, I hear something. Stop! Stop! This is the movie Rex Reed called the most horrifying motion picture I have ever seen. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre from New Line Cinema.